When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, Scott and I are going to tackle Miss December in the month of December. It's almost like we plan to do it that way. Most of you guys have probably never seen this movie, and through Scott and I, we'll determine, should you see this movie? I'm slightly biased, but we'll still try to do our best. So thank you for listening to Horror Movie Night. Scott, you picked this movie, which is weird, because I'm the person who's friends with some of the people who made it, so you'd think that it would be me picking it, in an effort to kind of like help my friends out, but instead I am in a state of fear that we're going to just do a giant advertisement about my friend's movie that is not a positive light. <laughs> well, first of all, I I wanted to do this last year, I'm pretty sure, right? Probably, and I think I was like, uh, I don't know, like I'm friends with those people and I don't want to insult them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it might have been actually three years ago when I first saw it, maybe four now, um, we were definitely not yet doing uh, horror movie night, but I wanted to do like a like an idiot. I wanted to do twenty five days of Christmas horror. That was a real stretch, my friend. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's like maybe five good ones, and then a lot of garbage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean this this actually, you know, the first time I watched it, I had super low expectations, and I didn't hate it. You know, like, no, I was like, yeah. It, it's an it's entertaining fun. flick. Yeah, like it's it's better than it really has any right to be. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that it's low budget and it has basically no effects and it's like a um it, it really wants to be a Kevin Smith movie. Well, I mean a, a a good Kevin Smith movie. It wants to be um chasing Amy but chasing Amy meets like prom night or something. I don't know. I mean it's it's a but it's a good time. Like I, I enjoyed this movie, and I enjoyed it actually more the second time because I had my memory of how it goes, uh, or and how the movie feels. And I was like, you know, I bet that it's not as good the second time. But 
it's still snarky and fun. So I, I don't know. Like I really, I, I don't have anything. I mean, I guess I have a couple constructive criticisms for it, but I, you've been, and for anybody listening, Matt's been paranoid about this pick for like three months. And I, I, I decided not to tell him that I only had good things to say <laughs> uh, because I wanted to kind of keep him on his toes. But yeah, like this is just going to be a nice conversation. I, I know that people expect me to hate things, but I think it's about a 50-50 chance that I will enjoy the flick versus hate it. Well, and the thing with this movie is that it's it's great that you bring up that it wants to be a Kevin Smith movie because it was released by Kevin Smith. It was put out by, by Kevin Smith's Modcast Pictures. And like... You know what? If Kevin Smith was making horror movies like this instead of Tusk and Yoga Hosers, I would still love Kevin Smith because it has the diet. Like you said, it has that Kevin Smith snark in the dialogue that makes these characters charming. Even when they're like kind of not supposed to be the most likable people in the world, you still want to cheer for them because they just feel real. They feel like a genuine person that you would meet. Not like a loudmouth douchey podcaster that you can't wait to see get turned into a walrus. <laughs> yeah, but also like um, the main girl is in her name's Ari, right? Yeah, Ari. Um, she is totally unlikable. She is an alcoholic. She is a snarky piece of shit, and yet you go through the and she doesn't do anything redeeming. Like she is a total piece of shit throughout this whole movie but you can't help but like her and that's i think that that is the hallmark of when kevin smith was doing good movies is you know like there are people that are totally despicable i mean they're not killing people but she's like a female randall from clerks basically exactly yes it feels like that because you're like man this fuck this person if they were in my life i would cut them out of it (laughs) but I'm just watching them, so this is okay. Fun. <laughs> um, it, it's a very I, – I have very few notes, and not because there's not a lot to talk about, but I just – I watched it for the first time for this episode, and I was just – Are you serious? You never watched it before? I get real nervous. Of, well, I mean, you know what this is like being a musician. If it's someone that you're really close with and you care about, it's harder to sit down and watch something that they've made because then inevitably if you hate it, you kind of feel obligated to pretend that it was great. So, like, I always try to avoid those situations. Um, this was, but I got so sucked in. I got so pulled into the fun of this movie that, like, I have very minimal notes. Um, the only notes I really have is pointing out that there is an immediate boob shot in the start of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that there's a Gilbert Gottfried line that I really like. Where he's he's a retard. He's a big retard. I guess the medical term is fucking dopey. Yeah, the medical term is fucking dopey. Is the line that fucking did it for me. That is such a brilliant line. But yeah, so that was exactly the line. That line is so fucking funny. <laughs> it's, the, it's so funny, but uh, well, it's okay. So I will I will have to cut myself off for a second here that and admit that that was a shit impression of gilbert godfrey i am so sorry to everyone it's all in his delivery of that line though if any other person said the line it probably wouldn't have worked out as well (laughs) no absolutely not and it's it's so funny because i feel like he probably did this movie for next to nothing right probably it is like monstrously low budget yeah i but that's what i meant when i said at the very beginning like there are no special effects it looks bad like it's not a well-made film although the thing is is that 
I, I, I think that the technological issues, not issues, but any criticisms of them are strictly due to their, their hardware. It's not that it wasn't competently shot. It's actually, it's like, um, if you want to go back to the musician, uh, reference, this is like if a talented band wrote and recorded a great album musically on like bad amps. Yeah. You know, like you can, you can still hear that the, the, the meat of it is, or like the bones of it is great and that the, the art is good. It's just strictly the hardware that is questionable. That's what I feel like about Miss December in general, because like it's very entertaining and I agree that it's, it, it draws you in and it, it's weird because the first five minutes, yeah, there's a tit shot, but the first five minutes you are kind of like, man, this is going to be a long hour and a half movie. But then you get to the very end and you're like, wow, that, that, that flew by. And that's not something that we have happened yeah. on horror movie. Well, night and it has, it has genuine twists and turns that you don't see coming. Like, there's there's a moment that we'll get to in a couple minutes where I literally was just like, did not know that that's where this movie was going to head. Like, I had no clue that it was like going to go in that direction. And I think that that's really for the benefit of the movie. I almost don't want to talk about it because I feel like this is going to be one of those rare episodes where listeners have never seen it before. And I don't want to spoil too much of it, which is going to make it a little bit more difficult for us to do the episode on. But as an advertisement for my buddy, my buddy is Tommy, uh, who produced the movie, and he has one line of dialogue where he orders decaf coffee. <laughs> um, oh, him? Okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that memorable... And then doesn't Ari, like, just give him a, the stink eye yeah. or something? Yeah, uh, So that's my buddy Tommy. Um, he, when I was talking to him, when he gave me his copy of this, because he, he sold me a copy of it for, so I could watch it for the podcast... Um, I went to his house just before he was moving to Los Angeles. Um, and he even told me, he goes, you know, a lot of the movies I produced, I'm not proud of. This is like probably the movie I'm most proud of that he didn't direct. Like of the ones that he directed, it's not his favorite. But of the ones that he acted as a producer, it's like 110% like the one he tells people to watch. Um, I do. This is going to be too late by the time this episode comes out. But he did direct uh, a documentary that I've praised multiple times on this show. Uh, I am Santa Claus uh, about the lives of mall Santas uh, during uh, January 1st until December 25th. That is super fascinating. It was on Netflix until the end of November, which seems like a dumb time to pull a documentary about Santa Claus. Yeah. But, <laughs> but whatever, Netflix, you do you. Um, <laughs> but uh, Tommy's a good dude. He's if you ever check out his IMDb page, like there is some hits and misses in there that even he will admit to. But. Dude is one of the most driven, hardworking guys I've ever met uh, and just is constantly like doing anything he can to to promote. He actually uh, I'll send I'll, I'll post the video in the uh, in the Facebook page after this episode drops. But he did a super cut of all the times that he's been on TV, most of them strictly by lying just to be on television. So he was on like an episode of Dr. <laughs> Phil. <laughs> he was on like like he's he's a maniac uh or at least he was when he was younger he's calmed down a lot in his 30s after getting married and having a kid but <laughs> um this movie's incredible 
And and I'm really proud of my friend for for putting this together for what it is. It's it's incredible for what it is. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree in that sentiment. It, I, I think that it's it's a hard movie to be too hard on because you want to support independent cinema, but also you're in the same vein. You're like, you know, well, am am I giving it kid gloves because of that? But at the same time, just like we've been talking about, like it's it's got a great script and the actors are pretty phenomenal. Ari is really yeah. she's great. No, she's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, but I one little tangent and I, I feel like we've been really good for the last 13 minutes or whatever of not doing a tangent. But here we go. So you're talking about how he would kind of lie to get on television. I have a buddy who's like that. I had a buddy who's like that as well. His life goal, I don't know if it was the only life goal, but it was up there. He was, he was a total maniac himself. Like we would go to punk shows and he got really into doing sideshow. And well, his life goal was at the time to be on TV before he turned 25, I think it was. And he did it. Uh, so this is the trajectory. We used to go to punk shows all the time together and he would get crazy. And then we started to go to punk shows and um, take in Mountain Dew, like, you know, use Mountain Dew containers full of whiskey and get crazier. And then because we weren't 21 at the time. And then we were, you know, he would come visit me in college and we would drink way too much Jameson whiskey, like just embarrassing amounts of Jameson whiskey and we would get even crazier. And then I don't know what happened between the end of college and when he and I kind of stopped keeping in touch, but he started to do sideshow and um, like eat glass and nails and, you know, like, uh, you know, the grinder type stuff where they, the sparks fly yeah, and everything, yeah, uh, you know, like the Jim Rose sideshow stuff. He went on tour with Jim Rose a bunch of times. Then the first season of My Strange Addiction, <laughs> my my one of my best friends from growing up, who you know we were mutual friends with with this guy. His stage name was Jimmy Coffin. Uh, so Jimmy Coffin, if you're listening, dude, I miss you. I don't know what the fuck happened to you. Dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, I don't, he doesn't do sideshow anymore. Pretty sure. But in any case, he went on My Strange Addiction and said he was addicted to eating glass, and it was a total <laughs> bullshit lie because he's the sideshow. Or he did sideshow, and it was just like so. He has he was he his life goal was achieved, and I think that's why he stopped talking to me because he, he <laughs> he's like, well, I did everything I need to do. I'll just fade into obscurity. <laughs> so you're talking about the cast. I have to say, one of the things that I thought was fairly impressive in this movie is Ari's best friend. Uh, the that the lawyer, that, yeah, the lawyer. He's the director of the movie, and I feel like it's um, one of the few times where the director is actually a decent actor as well. Because usually, when the director is like one of the main stars in the movie, he sticks out like a sore thumb. Is like that guy's not a professional actor. <laughs> but, like, well, he he didn't do the Kevin Smith thing, which is Kevin Smith doesn't talk through the whole movie and then just has a long ass monologue. I, I listened to commentary track and he said, whenever I cast myself in a movie, I have two goals to kiss the hottest girl in the movie <laughs> and and to be shirtless in one shot. So like, <laughs> uh, this is also and, and you won't appreciate this nearly as much as I do. But they also uh, my friend Tommy and Derek, who directed this, are huge wrestling fans. So not only do they always get 
a wrestler in the movie. In this movie, there's two wrestlers in it. But also, throughout the entire commentary, they explain that they use wrestling terms to explain things and had to basically get a crew of wrestling fans to understand what they meant when they'd be like, all right, so we need to really make sure this guy comes off as the heel here. Like, they were like, he is <laughs> So I think that that's a, a pretty fun, unique way that they direct movies. But their commentary track is pretty damn funny, actually. Let's right now we've been talking for 17 minutes. We're obviously going to get to what do we watch this week, but first, Scott and I have said all that we can without spoiling this movie on why you need to watch this movie. Um, there's a few things that we still want to discuss, good or bad, but they are going to be uh, spoilery. So this is the point where if you're listening, you should maybe make the decision on if you want the stuff ruined for you or if you're going to go and try to track down a copy of the movie. So I'm going to give you about three seconds. Okay, so let's talk about... <laughs> so, Well, my, my first question for you is... Is that you with an erection arresting her? <laughs> <laughs> um, can we talk about how good the twist is where you figure out who the killer is and it's very like it's it's been like a lot of breadcrumbs and a lot of like red herrings but but you've always kind of suspected this dude and then instead because of him he looks like a murderer. Yeah, instead of him murdering her, he confesses that he's fallen in love with her and she's like super into it. And then that's and then, but then he's like, I can't kill you. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such an awesome twist. I, I actually I wrote the line down. What the fuck, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> so what? I'm not good enough. <laughs> and then he immediately is like immediately is like, I have to go. We can't have sex because I only have one week to find stock and kill Miss December. <laughs> it's so fucking dark. It's such an awesome twist that i didn't see coming like i always thought the movie was just hey this girl's not terrified that she's going to be murdered and like that's where the comedy comes from i did not anticipate the comedy of her being like being so like this guy being so in love that he's like i can't kill you so i need to kill someone else and it turning into like a weird rom-com almost like it is like it's so fucking funny it's so well done. Um, but we're missing a couple great things about earlier on in the film. So um, just, you know, anybody listening, there are actually no laws against erections. This is true. So don't worry, guys or ladies, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but I never realized that Bradley Cooper used Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey as his rocket raccoon inspiration. <laughs> That's what I realized watching this movie. Because it's like, I could just imagine... Rocky Raccoon fucking being like, I guess the medical term is fucking dopey. <laughs> uh, this movie is chock full of great one-liners, though. Like, I, you, you don't remember them the first time you watch them, but the second time you watch them and you're taking notes, it's like half my notes, at least. But I, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ari says it. She's like, at least you still love me, Xanax. Which is, <laughs> again, like, that's the humor of this film. It's so dark. But also Ari's really dry delivery of everything is great because she's supposed to be kind of like a mall goth manic pixie dream girl almost, but like an alcoholic one. And that sounds like a hot mess when when you say it out loud, but it is so funny and actually really oddly endearing when you watch the film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. She she is so good in this movie she's so cute she's so funny like 
And like you said, she's such an unlikable character, but you're just yeah. like, you're like, I, you could imagine a world, especially like I could imagine high school or early college, Matt Kelly actively pursuing this girl. Like, it's, <laughs> Dude, this dude fucking loses, they'll be like, I'm in love with her. And you'd be like, no, I'm in love with her. Like, well, I'm going to do something fucking weird to get her to like me. I'm going to write her a song. I'm going to write her a better song. Like, this is exactly what high school would have been like if we would have gone to school together. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So um, here's my biggest criticism of the movie. Get ready for it. Whoever wrote this has no idea how the food service industry works. <laughs> Diners don't fucking wait. Uh, like, don't have tables waiting on late waitresses. That's just not how diners work. Like, they don't. <sighs> I don't know why that bugged the shit out of me so much. But I was like, come on. It was like just such a. Um, it just felt like a. Uh, it was written just so that they could have her come in late and then character build with her hilarious boss. Uh, but with the, with the greatest Fu Manchu that we've seen in months on horror movie night, but the, the immediately we get her taking her first tables and she's table. And she goes, our specials today are go fuck yourself. And what are you doing here? Uh, to her ex-boyfriend. Oh man. So good. But also, I don't understand why her ex-boyfriend would be coming after her because it's not like she's like leading anybody on. She's just so acerbic and mean. I don't know. The sex must be great, I guess. But then we get we get introduced to fucking Mandy. Seriously, fucking Mandy. Who is a great character. She is one of the best straight quote unquote straight characters in this film, I think. And then she gets fucking iced, which is so funny. <laughs> because like everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe her. She she had so much to live for. And Ari was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> She's like mad because she thinks that she was gonna be the that 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 Mandy was the the um Miss December. But then there's this um there's the letter that was that she's I guess it's being read on the news, right? Yeah. There's like it's the the letter. Uh, it's right after that scene, and Ari's watching TV, and she's just like, "It's me." <laughs> <laughs> That's what she says, like as she's watching the TV, and it's hilarious and also incredibly psychotic <laughs> of her. But uh, it's um, I think that she's talking to the director, who's um, is it? Um, what's the guy's name? Uh, the actual. I can't. Remember. The the. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. But uh, the 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 lawyer who she eventually ends up, her best friend. Um, I I believe that he, she's like, it's a love letter, and he's like, it's not a love letter, it's a death threat, <laughs> and she's like, whatever, man. <laughs> but um, it's all. I have another note about the guy who wrote this. He's the exact same type of person as you. You both idolize the same insane fallacy about diners and it must be a philly thing and then i also put in parentheses or riverdale (laughs) (laughs) dude diners in philly are legit it is what you do (laughs) you just go and chill at the diner for a couple hours so weird it's not part of my life at all um anyway uh if i needed one ringtone when i was in college i found it in this film when Ari is like, I'm fine, let's get drunk. 
That's the voice. You should just make that your voice message thing when people get to your phone. <laughs> but that's the thing is I don't really drink. Well, no, anymore, no, no. Right? College, like, college kids. It's the perfect voice mailbox thing. Yeah, but like I, you know, if I don't know if I've said this recently on the podcast, but. I think that I haven't been drunk in like eight years, and it's it's good. I don't. Oh, eight years. I don't like being drunk. I don't like my, eight years. That's cute. <laughs> how about the last yeah, time? How about thirty-two? <laughs> you are such a one-up man. It's fucking annoying, man. It's not a competition. Yeah, I've done some stupid shit while I was drunk, but I've also kissed some pretty hot girls. So there. Okay, touche. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so every day, you know, I think that I realized the the answer to my question. You gave me the answer to this question. Um, I have a line or a note that says, I swear every dude in this movie is has the most insanely unsexy facial hair. I realize it's because they're all fucking wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, there's there's like the blue it. meanie who has his hair and beard dyed blue from, from ECW. Yeah. And then Al Snow plays the mayor, and he was like one of the leaders of hardcore wrestling. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, so side note, do you have a working N64? I don't. <laughs> do you need to get one and then you can have my brother-in-law's copy of WCW versus NWO World Tour? I, I'll because take it. I was going <laughs> to sell this shit on eBay, but I mean, you can just have it. I'm keeping a bunch of uh, Super Nintendo and uh, N64 games from his from his pile but um i sure as fuck don't need wcw versus nwo well obviously that's never getting obviously not because everyone knows the best wrestling video game ever for the 64 was no mercy where you could build your own wrestler (laughs) (laughs) god this is i I know so much about you and even that is still like I, I'm I'm building more of these embarrassing memories <laughs> that you haven't told me about. I'm building these embarrassing memories of when you were in high school because I could just see you fucking sitting at home with like two friends playing these wrestling games on Super Nintendo or N64 and just being like, this is the life, guys. Well, no, it's a, Who needs the, the only thing that makes that worse is that I wasn't watching wrestling back then. I just really enjoyed playing wrestling video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. That doesn't make it worse. It just is the same. <laughs> it was sleepovers. We well, played GoldenEye, No Mercy, and Mario Party. God, your poor penis. <laughs> <laughs> I was in sixth grade. We weren't really banging too many girls in sixth grade. Yo, 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 I'm going to ask you this right now. Are you a virgin? Yeah, not since I was like nine. <laughs> so the, um, the, the fiance of the director is a terrible bitch. Like, oh, she's the worst. She's horrible. She's She's an unreal person. She's just out there. No one actually would be that evil. I don't think. I, I mean, maybe, I, maybe some manipulative person. I feel like I've had friends that have dated girls that manipulative before. I was about to say, are, are you going to say that your last girlfriend was that manipulative and that's what's that's what the slump is all about? Anyway, so Arya's total life ruiner because she sees that uh, her best friend who always bails her out literally and figuratively. And she is a terrible friend too. I don't actually know why he puts up with her bullshit besides the fact that she's oddly charming and cute. But in any case, uh, she like calls him, has him come over. They kiss. He's like, I got to go home to my fiance. And she's like, you should stay and let me suck your D. Like apparently that's like, you know, like I'll finally, finally give you that blow job that we've both been thinking about for the last 15 years. Uh, so then we get to the what the fuck Phil part, what I, we already talked about, which is actually a really great 
you're right. It's a great twist. I love the twist in this movie because I feel like we've lost that thread in a lot of modern slashers because so many modern slashers want the twist to be a joke about a previous film. Yeah. Like, you know, like a, like it wants to be kind of like a, a meta joke instead of a joke about the actual expectation that the watch that the viewer is building in their mind. And that's exactly what they did here is like, okay, we know he's gonna try and kill her. We know it's the creepy dude. It's, too fortuitous that the chick that she hates that she works with um you know gets murdered and it's not then and she's not picked as miss december so we want are we expect that he's going to try and kill her and that Arya is going to fight back but she she's pissed off that he doesn't want to kill her and that she's like totally into it and so then and you still have like i want to say 20 minutes of this film right yeah there's like 20 25 minutes left to go at this point where they just go to a party and he's like trying to kill people at the party and she's because I love it. He wants to kill her best friend because her best friend just happens to be in the background of all of the photos he was taking of Ari. So yeah, it makes his yeah. job easier. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That's the best part about this movie is that everyone is so lazy. Like he's so lazy that he won't that, that he's like, well, I'm already on this path. Ari's so lazy that she won't even like work you know she, she takes the, the absolute easiest way out of everything um the the director's character is such a heel or not heel but he's such a doormat that he just stays with this woman because and he's like gonna marry her because she's convenient and she stays with him because i believe it's because he has money everybody is just lazy in this movie and it's 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 comedic effect yeah. i get that and i think it's yeah it's, it's funny they're all lazy to the film's benefit it's insufferable like yeah, yeah, but they're all insufferable people, which is actually why this movie is so good, because everybody sucks. <laughs> you know, I don't feel bad when anybody gets murdered in this film, but I also don't really like the end. Um, the, the the fact that Ari and the dude um, get together and that they get the happy ending. I mean, it's okay. It's I'm totally fine with the ending. I just felt like Ari is still a hot mess of a person, <laughs> and I don't think that she would be a good girlfriend. Probably not. But all in all, check it out, guys. Like, if you stuck through the spoilers and you still want to see the movie, like, you absolutely should see the movie. It's a really fun flick. Yeah, and the spoilers... We still kept them to a minimal. Like, Yeah, there, there's a lot of fun quotes and there are a lot of fun twists and stuff that still happen that are smaller. And nice, I don't think and nice cameos. There's yeah. some, like, awesome cameos in this. Yeah, and the, the, the thing I'll say is that even if you listen to the spoilers and you're like, well, I don't have to watch it. Two things. One, I would... Highly recommend you do so that you support independent cine- cinema and also knowing the twist, the big twist, doesn't ruin the enjoyment of the film because I watched it for a second time for this and I enjoyed it just as much the, as the first time, which I really can't say for movies that have a big twist. So it's yeah, still very no, I agree. So the last thing I'll say about this before we do the what did we watch, Ari really reminds me of all the shitty drama-filled relationships that I had at the end of college and like right afterwards, so my early 20s. I just want to give a shout out to my beautiful, talented, intelligent wife, <laughs> Megan, for from that bullshit because, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Are you looking to travel beyond the void? This is Alex from Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. Join me and my co-host Brittany Bloodshed every week for two episodes on Monday and Thursday. Do you like to drink, laugh, and talk horror? Well, so do we. We make up funny skits, horror shots each week, news, and rotating segments on Monday like great plots where we make up movies on the spot, interviews, reviews, and a lot more. Plus, on Thursdays, we break down two horror movies with jokes and loads of trivia. Go to longlivethevoid.com to check out Beyond the Void Horror Podcast now. Good work, Megan. What did you watch this week? <laughs> oh, man. So I got a lot. So, so because we've mentioned the fact that we kind of... We'll parse it out because I've got like 15... I'm going to do two. <laughs> oh, no, no. Like... no I, I'm parsing it out so that it all stays relevant, but we watched a shitload of TV. So it's only like three or four things, but it's series, you know, like, so I'm going to, I'm going to hit a bunch of different series and they're all moderately recent um, within the last two months or so, because we, we did a bunch in a row in October and then took November off. So the first thing I want to talk about that I, that um, most of these are stuff that Megan and I watched. So uh, the first thing is that we watched Alias Grace, which is a Netflix series. You know about it? No. Okay, so Alias Grace is another Margaret Atwood series. Margaret Atwood is her favorite author. Megan's biggest criticism of the Handmaid's Tale series is that it diverges strongly from the book, which I think, it, it, and she's not saying that in a negative way. It's just, it's very different from the book. And... Alias Grace is basically like Megan would watch, we would be watching scenes. She'd be like, this is exactly how I read it or how I imagined it when I was reading it. So Alias Grace follows the story exactly. And those are both positives for both of those series. So really, really good. Highly recommend watching. And Margaret Atwood, I don't know if she was executive producer or something of Alias Grace, but she had a hand in it as well. Maybe not as much as Handmaid's Tale, but uh, she definitely had a hand in it and it's fantastic. So I highly recommend it, but it's not horror. It's not like sci-fi. It's kind of like a period drama, but there's, there are some thriller slash horror um, scenes and motifs. So it's really good, really good. I tell everybody to watch it. So there's that. And then um, I watched The Punisher, which was great. Uh, I, I didn't love it as much as my buddy Mario because he he says it's probably his favorite of the Marvel uh, TV series. Uh, it's up there at Daredevil season two, if not better than. So uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but it's really good. It's the biggest thing for me is that I've always hated the Punisher. I think that he has been, the the character has been um, co opted by a lot of really violent people. Or people that want to look like badasses because he shoots people, and you know he doesn't have powers; he just has guns, and he's ruthless. And I, I, I don't, I never of all the antiheroes from their like late '80s, early '90s, I really, really hate Frank Castle. But the show, and also his character on Daredevil, are really humanized, and you get it. You know, like it, it, he's and you can empathize with him. So it's a really very well done show. I highly recommend it to everybody. I would put it up there in the top three of the Marvel shows um, because, or all the Netflix Marvel shows, all the Defenders type stuff. So really, really good. It's no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but then again, what is? So one more thing that I wanted to mention, uh, two more things, sorry. So one, I finally watched Train to Busan. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it? 
No. Yeah, I didn't think you had, or else we would have talked about it sometime previously. But this is the part of the show that people are expecting. I didn't like it. I yeah. mean, it's a zombie flick, and I appreciated what they did with it. But all the people that are like, oh, it's the best horror movie of 2017, and oh, it's like the best zombie movie, and oh my god, this director is so incredible. I don't think that they're realizing that all that shit has been done before. Like, that movie was basically Dawn of the Dead 2004 or five or whenever that was. That's what it looked like when I saw clips from it. It's Dawn of the Dead remake on trains. It's the exact same thing. And I, it, it felt so similar. And it wasn't terrible, but it just, you know, it wasn't like I didn't hate watching it. I don't like zombie movies, as we've said many, many times, but I didn't hate the film. I just think that the praise heaped upon it is completely unwarranted because it's been done and done relatively recently. I understand that that was like 12 years ago, but still, I mean, it's not that long in horror land. Like, we don't get that many good movies that come out a year that you'd be like, oh, this movie is like redefining zombie movies. It's, it's not. It's pretty rehashed. This year, I would argue, has been probably one of the better years in horror in a long time. Um, just with, just with like Get Out and It, and one of the movies that uh, I'll be discussing when I get to my turn. The babysitter, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the babysitter as well. Like, there's just a shit ton of really good horror that came out in 2017. Yeah, and the autopsy of Jane Doe, which you told me to watch, and that was like probably that might be my. It's hard to say because I want to rewatch it. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention was that I, that obviously me and everybody else watched The Babysitter, and that was a good time. Really, good it was time. fun. I had a lot of fun. Know who hated that movie, and I was shocked he hated it was uh, Brian Kelly. What? <laughs> he said he could not. He just he disliked the cheerleader and the black guy so much and that their performances were so over the top that it ruined the whole thing for him. Honestly, everybody was over the top as hell in that movie. I don't understand why why that would break the... I, 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 I kind of get what you're saying, though, because a lot of the humor kind of landed naturally and those two felt a little too forced. Yeah, for I, I, you know, I really didn't like... But it didn't ruin the whole thing. Yeah, for me, the, the black eyes only was... It just felt a little bit... Um, I, I want to say almost a little inappropriate or kind of like a caricature of what, because he's like, oh, yo, my, my mixtape is fire. You want to hear it? I don't know. Like, I get why it might be borderline offensive almost, but yeah, like I did, it, it wasn't a make or break for me because I felt like he got knocked off pretty fast. And if, yeah, if I'm thankfully. really honest, like the most, the most annoying person was the, um, the, the Asian girl, uh, because she Who was, lives the longest, yeah. Yeah, like, well, I mean, second to longest, but I don't know. I, I, I really, really liked that film, and I felt like it was kind of a popcorn horror movie. So I had really low expectations, and it, they surpassed them, so that's why it was such a good time. But anyway, that's, that's everything for me. You go ahead. I'll do my two um, real quick. I'm trying to, like I said, parse this shit out. But I am going to do a really uh, – uh, there's no other word for it. This is an advertisement. Um, hey, Scott, you've known me for a couple of years. So how often do you remember me normally going to the movie theaters? Like four times a year maybe? 
Okay, so that was the case. Then I signed up for Movie Pass, and Movie Pass has changed my fucking life. <laughs> um, are you familiar with Movie Pass, Scott? Uh, yes, but you should probably do a quick little explanation for everybody. Okay, so Movie Pass is basically like a movie theater Netflix. Um, you pay ten dollars a month, and you get a card that allows you to go to one movie a day in the theaters. Uh, and I have been using that to the point that I saw nine movies in the theaters this month. Um, so, uh, I love it. Uh, but I want to talk about two specific movies that I saw, um, because I feel like they both tie into Miss December pretty nicely. The first one is Happy Death Day. Uh, Scott was talking about how it's rare that we get a good, nice twist to a modern slasher film. And I think that Happy Death Day is a is another one of those great exceptions to the rule. It's a super fun movie. It's so fun. It's a throwback to the 90s. It's I had a blast. And I was sitting in an empty movie theater in Utah watching it uh, and just having the fucking time of my life with that movie. The other one, because we were discussing how it's really difficult for us to decide if we like or are even supposed to like most of the characters in Miss December. Just the day I saw three billboards outside of Ebbing, uh, Missouri, and I don't know how I feel about it. I liked it, but I don't... I I really am unsure about how I feel about the whole movie. Uh, I think that this is a really great film that people should see. It's funny. It's, it's from the guy who did In Bruges, so if you enjoyed the, like, very violent, dark humor of In Bruges... Uh, it's the same thing as this, but it's basically, it's one of those movies where every character has so many layers. Frances McDonald plays a woman whose daughter was raped and murdered uh, 17 months ago, and the police department has done nothing about it. So she purchases three billboards outside of their town that are basically just shaming the police into reopening the case, and the other two police uh, characters that we focus on is Sam Rockwell, who is an officer who's got a good heart, but he is a terrible bigot, and that gets in the way of him doing the right thing. Um, and Woody Harrelson, who is the chief of police, who's tried his best, but has been not focusing on the case because he's dying of cancer. So you've got all three of these like very tragic characters, and yet it's like a laugh-out-loud comedy the entire time. Like It plays on all of their negative attributes and it manages to be funny while also making really dramatic statements and really shining a light on issues that are happening today. So it's, it's definitely Wait, so did you, different. Did you say what the name of the movie is? Uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri is the name of the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought you were like, I just saw three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, it's it just, is, that that's the correct English way of pre pre presenting the, the thought. But <laughs> I so so funny story is I texted a friend and literally said that, and her response was, "Wait, when did you go to Missouri?" Which yes, like, which works on two levels because I was like, "Okay, well, first the movie's still fairly obscure, and B, I've traveled a lot in the last few months that it wouldn't be the most shocking thing for me to just go to Missouri." But uh, the very last thing that I want to do is when I was in Monster Mania in Maryland, uh, I met Jeff and Ashley, who until recently weren't even on our Facebook page. They were just people who were listening. And that like blew my mind. Um, the story about Jeff and Ashley and why I'm giving them a shout out was I had posted on the Facebook page, hey, I'm at Monster Mania in Maryland. 
Um, first person to come to the booth and tell me how much they love the show will get a free shirt. And all of a sudden, Jeff and Ashley walk up and they're like, hey, man, love the show. And I was like, you just got a free shirt. And they're like, what the fuck for? And I was like, because of the thing on the Facebook page. And they're like, what Facebook page? So, like, <laughs> the fact that we just met, like, I just accidentally met two, like, genuine listeners of the show, not just people who were hanging out on the Facebook page, was really, really cool. Uh, and also, quick shout out to Tim uh, Grooms and Jason Welch, who I met. Uh, during my many, many travels this past fall. We'll be back next week. We were talking about Miss December from 2011, which was picked by Scott uh, and, you know, parented by me <laughs> to make sure that we didn't... <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next week with our Christmas episode. Ooh, ooh, I hope that it's not a white Christmas. Oh, what other kind of Christmas could it be? I don't know. Tune in and we'll find out. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll be back. listening to the Geekscape Network.